Give him praise, would you? Give him praise. Say thank you, Lord. He did more than just conquer death. He conquered sin. I've shared it before, but that picture that people post sometimes of Jesus and the devil arm wrestling, that's not real. He's won. He finished. It's over. He conquered him. Satan lost forevermore. We are victors. Father, thank you for the amazing message and the songs today. Thank you for these amazing people that lead us into your presence and you they usher your, you into ours. God, our hearts have been heavy over Israel, Lord. Please watch over the Israelis, protect them, seal them and their allies. Father God, we pray for the Palestinians that are being used as a pawn of Hamas and Hezbollah. Lord God, I just pray that, Lord, you would bring peace right there in the Middle East. And Lord God, that, Father, this would come to an end and that, Lord, they would really bring treaties and resolve the issues that they're facing. Father, we've seen atrocities and we pray that, Lord, you would just bring peace. Father God, we have seen atrocities here in our city with the violence continues. God, we're so tired of hearing of homicides in our city. God, please bring them to an end. Let there be no more homicides in this city, God. We're tired of losing our loved ones. Lord, we've lost many loved ones from our own congregation this year alone. Father God, I pray the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to fall upon us. And Lord, guard our city from many more violence. Be with our first responders, Father God, protect them. And Lord, we pray deliverance from the drug addiction in this city, the fentanyl and crack and just so many other things that Lord, people are destroying their lives with. Father, we have sons and daughters, mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters that are addicted. God, in the name of Jesus, give us back our loved ones. Father God, we're believing that, Lord, you're going to do a supernatural work here today. For everyone here and everyone watching online, minister to them, touch them, allow them to experience your healing touch. There's people that need miracles. Their bodies are giving out on them. And God, we're believing you're going to raise them up. We're going to claim Psalm 118. I shall not die. Instead, I shall live to tell of what the Lord has done. Father God, we're going to believe that. Father God, I pray that, Lord, you continue to move supernaturally among us. And we pray in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, the risen King. And God's people all shout out, Amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Guys, it's so good to have you in the house. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you made it today. I'm so glad you made it today. I'm so glad you're here today. It's so good to have you in the house of God. Go ahead and find your seat. 
and check out this amazing news. Every time I visited the campus, I was like, this is where I'm going to go to school. I love it. It feels like home. I came here to an empty campus, beautiful landscaping, and it just felt like home. It was an easy decision for me coming to MacU. We see it on the t-shirts and it's almost a cliche. It's, it's home, but it really, truly felt like that. MacU stands out because everyone's really intentional here. Everybody who I've met like wants to get to know you. I love it. I love it here. I think it's so much fun. You start to get to know people and they start walking through life with you and not just alongside you. Here's a place where you can come and just be yourself without anybody trying to judge you or let you feel small. If I'm being honest, the dorm rooms had me at first. I was like, wow, these are really nice dorm rooms. MacU gives you a campus experience, but it also gives you a family to fall back on and professors that are there for every step of your walk in education and spiritually as well. The professors here want you to succeed. Everybody here wants to put you on the path of success. They truly care about you. You're not just a number, and they'll help you in your spiritual life, in your walk with Jesus, and they truly care about where you're at mentally and spiritually. They're very um, passionate about you and your relationship with God. Every time I go to a class or something, the professors really check on you and ask how you're doing. They really care about you. These professors truly invest in you and they truly care about you inside of the classroom and outside. Yes, they share content and they give you knowledge that is really priceless, but they give you life experience that's priceless as well. Campus life is awesome at MacU. I know everyone and it's so much easier to make connections and get involved. It's like a whole family, like everybody tries to push you to be better. You are um, a person with a story and there's so many people that want to hear your story here. Us as a school, we want you to feel completely welcomed here no matter what you believe. And we are here to serve you and love you and want to create a space for you to ask those questions. Ultimately, just have a place for us to be here for you no matter what. At Mid-America Christian University, we invite students to dream bigger and do greater. I'm Phil Greenwald, president at MacU, and we would love to have you as part of our MacU family. Good morning, New Beginnings. My name is Rosanna Lucero-Torres, and I just wanted to come before you because I want to introduce you to someone really great. I actually serve on the board of this church and have for several years. In addition, I've um, been honored to serve on the board of trustees for Mid-America Christian University um, for 18 years, actually. It's, it's really been a blessing, and I always tell people, you know, twice a year I take time out of my work and I go attend meetings, but I get so much more out of it than I even put into it, so it, it's really a blessing. Two years ago, I was actually on the executive search committee because our um, president, Dr. Fossard, of 21 years, decided to retire. So we were tasked with the responsibility of finding the fifth president of Mid-America Christian University that's been in existence now for 70 years. So through our search, we found the perfect person for our university. And that's who I want to introduce, President Phil Greenwald. Help us welcome him. Well, good morning. God is doing great things at Mid-America Christian University, and I just wanted to come today to say thank you for being a part of our MacU family. 
At MacU, we have 26 different degrees that we offer online or on campus. You can live your faith and get your degree. We offer every degree from a Christ-centered, biblical worldview so the people who come to study are prepared for, for ministry, for mission, to be teachers and counselors, to go out and be business people, and to serve the church and the world and to make a difference for Christ. I'm so honored to be the leader at the university where we have incredible faculty, incredible staff, but especially incredible students. And I wanted to come today to say thank you for sending us your students. Many of your church members have come to study online or in person, and they're doing amazing things for God and his kingdom here and around the country. I want to say thank you for your financial support, for the way that you've blessed us so that we can be an affordable university for students who want to come and study. And thank you for the leadership of Pastor Mansfield and Rosanna and so many others who help us to prepare people to do great things for God and his kingdom. If you're interested in learning more, I'm going to be here after the service. I'd love to talk to you and tell you how you can get involved at MACU, and I'd love to hear more of your story. So thank you so much for welcoming me here today. Phil, thank you for making a trip out here to get to know our amazing people. Uh, I was just there, Rosanna and I were just there on Monday and Tuesday uh, because we had our semi-annual board meeting. And I got to see David Sanchez, who used to be our youth guy here. And uh, he's doing phenomenal. And uh, he was up in the choir singing. And I go, way to go, David! He goes, say hi to everyone back home. He goes, thank you for your prayers. And I slip him a little money. I go, here, go have some meals and, and have a date night with your girlfriend. And uh, so he already has a girlfriend. And, uh, you know, but I told him, stay focused, stay focused. <laughs> Phil, uh, you're married and have a, an amazing family. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm sorry they couldn't make it, but uh, you and Stephanie have been married how long now? 24 years this year. Yeah. yeah. I married way above my pay grade. You know what? I always say that. Most of the guys we married, somebody, I always say we got our wives. When they were having a bad day, we were having our greatest day. You know? but, uh, but you also have two amazing daughters. We do. We have a, two teenagers. They're 16 and 17. Our oldest daughter just started at MacU this fall, wow. and our youngest daughter is in high school. Yeah, so how wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know what? A lot of times, I, I, I don't know. See, see the white-haired guy with the beard right there? Uh-huh. He's a graduate of Gulf Coast Bible hey, College. great. Fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, Pastor Eddie, Pastor Eddie graduated from Gulf Coast I Bible College. Both Gulf Coast Bible College was back in the day uh, is where it started in right. Houston, Houston, Texas, Texas. and uh, and now the college just turned this year seventy years old. Seventy years, and how amazing! So they've put out a lot of real, real amazing ministers, but now there's degrees. How many different degrees? 26 different degrees. So, so they have all kinds of degrees, nursing and teaching and all kinds of stuff. Everything. It's really wonderful. Yeah. They also have sports there. Oh, we love athletics. In fact, 69% of the students who live on campus are athletes. And right now in the NAIA, we have the number one men's soccer team in the nation. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And their basketball team is always in the final four. Yep. Uh, they have both soccer. women and, and men. They have a softball team. Softball. And, 
And uh, we even have a new cross country team. So if you want to sign up, <laughs> have you got any eligibility left, Pastor? Yeah, I, I, I can ride my motorcycle. <laughs> Dr. Greenwald, how can we pray for you and your family, but also the university? Thank you. First of all, pray for our students. Pray that they'll grow in their walk with, with Jesus every single day. And as they get their degree, they'll hear God's calling upon their lives. Pray for our faculty who mentor them every day. And then pray for us to have strength as we seek to grow the university and bless lives and make a difference. Amen. You know that they have some 450-plus students that live on campus mm-hmm. and, and attend there, and then they have hundreds more, some 800 that are online students. Some are right here. Right here. I know that uh, Renee uh, Maya, Chavez Mayas, uh, who is the dir- director of Frontline Resurrection Ministry, is Great. finishing up her degree there That's at awesome. MACU. And we're excited. But, uh, but what blew me away, Dr. Greenwald knows probably 350 of the kids by name. I'm like, man, how do you Absolutely. do that? <laughs> I'm just trying to remember my name. <laughs> but uh, but let, let's pray. Father, Thanks. what a joy to have uh, Brother Phil here with us. Such a humble man that loves you, loves his family, and loves Matthew. Father God, Mid-America Christian University is putting out some phenomenal leaders. They have amazing staff, teachers, and support staff that live out their Christianity every day in front of the students. They mentor and disciple students, not just teach them in the classroom. Father God, there's an amazing spirit floating around that campus that permeates every department. And Father God, we're seeing young people get saved. Yes. We're seeing young people, that they're going to have a, a baptism yes. there soon. Yes. And Lord, we're seeing athletes that love their sport, but they're falling in love with Jesus yes. before their sport. Thank you, God. Father, I pray, Lord, continue blessing that you provide every need that Matthew is facing. And Lord, continue to bless uh, Brother Phil, Lord, with this great mind of imagination and visioning that he has for uh, the students and staff mm-hmm. and for us as a Church of God movement yes. to continue to stand with them. We pray blessing in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank sure you. Sure love you, so my much. brother. God, God bless, bless you. you. Thank you. So youth, uh, make sure that if you are, especially in high school, take time to talk to Dr. Greenwall and find out more about MACU uh, because uh, we'll be taking a trip out there soon so you get to know the campus. We usually do that every year, and we're going to be doing that again this year. So young people, you're dismissed if you haven't already left to go to your uh, worship session. Uh, But uh, otherwise, we're getting into the Word. Guys, I want you to know that uh, I'm sharing a Word today that is really uh, challenging and not always received well. It's a sermon that people like, yeah, oh, you know, it's a subject that is, is, is an interesting subject. It's about life. And I'm doing that sermon series called Basics of Life, the essentials that we need in our life to really be successful in our walk with God. And one of the things that I want to talk about today is about life itself. Because there's a real disregard for life. People don't care about life. 
They don't care about life in the womb, and they don't care about life all the way to the tomb. They're having suicide-assisted, medical-assisted suicide now. They're euthanizing people. They're doing all kinds of craziness, from abortions and everything all the way to when people are up in their years and saying, well, let's just put them out of their misery. And I go, wow, we've lost a meaning about life. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 11, it says, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to death. Save them as they stagger to their death. Father, help us, lead us, guide us to really understand what you have to say in your word. Not what I have to say, but what you have to say. I pray that we receive it with an open heart. In Christ's name, amen. You know, slavery continues to this day to be a, such a controversial subject. And it's really a part of our history that's really sad. Some of the things we allowed and we did. And abortion is an equally delicate subject, a subject that is not always embraced real easily. The minute I said abortion, some of you went like, oh, here it comes. Look, I want you to know that I am pro-life, and we're a pro-life church, but I'm very well aware that many of you are pro-choice, and I still love you, and I hope you love me. I hope you love me even though I have a Dallas Cowboy star on my jacket, you know? Some of you, some of you feel sorry for me and you pray for me. <laughs> you 49er fans, I forgive you for humiliating us. That was just shameful. And thank you for not rubbing it in my face. No one's gone, ha, 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 ha. You don't have to. My Cowboy team rubbed it in my face. But, but listen to me. Abortion is not only a medical procedure that ends the life of a fetus inside a mother's womb in order to prevent its birth. But it's also an ethical issue. It's an issue concerning right and wrong, good and evil, beautiful and grossly horrible. Life and what is murder. And we need to understand for 50 years now, Roe versus Wade was passed and they legalized abortion. I know it was recently reversed, but abortions are still going on every place. And Albuquerque, New Mexico is known as the abortion capital of the world. People fly in from around the world to have abortions here in Albuquerque because we do late-term abortions, meaning we will do abortions up to the day of birth. So yes, a, ba a lady could be this big, ready to have her baby, she could go into labor, her water could break, and she could either decide to go to the hospital to labor and delivery, or she could go to an abortion clinic that serves people here in this city and abort her baby instead of giving birth. It's horrible what's happening. And we need to understand that we think about this and we say, well, you know what? I mean, it's a woman's choice. 
But you know what? I wonder if we ever ask the baby, do you want to live? Because a lot of times we think, well, abortion is, is nobody's business. Let me tell you, it affects everyone. It affects an entire community. Let me give you some staggering facts about abortion. We've got to understand that ever since Roe versus Wade 50 years ago, there has been over 60 million abortions. 60 million. I wonder how many of those might have been the next doctor that would have invented the cure for cancer. What if we killed the next president? And we could go on and on. And we think about this, and I think about it, and I go, God, it's a tragedy. There's been more people aborted than all the wars put together of the, of the United States that died in the wars. If you've ever seen the wall of the Vietnam Memorial there in Washington, D.C. I've been there and I've laid my hand on the wall of people that I know that died and some that were from our congregation. And their families serve here. And that wall is endless. But if you put the names of the abortion, the babies that have been aborted, that wall would be more than 50 miles long. And we have to understand that. We have to understand that every year, American doctors alone abort over 1.5 million babies. And it's something that we've got to understand that is real in our country. So I hope that you'll hear me out <clears throat> and you'll hear what I have to say Instead of just shutting yourself down, I want you to know that if you've ever had an abortion or been a part of abortion, God loves you and he forgives you. I love you and I forgive you. And you might think, well, who are you to forgive? No, I, I am nobody, but I want you to know you're forgiven. After last service, this guy came up to me weeping his head off and he goes, Pastor, I was part of an abortion. I, I funded the abortion of my baby. And I've had to live with that forever till today. I, I, I got to release my baby to you, Lord. And I want you to know there's healing because there's such brokenness involved with abortion. There's psychological trauma. There's physiological trauma. Some women are sterile after abortions. They, they can't ever have a child again. And, and so many other things that have happened. And some people say, well, what about rape and incest and what about just if the mother's life's in danger or a severe, severe deformity. Do you know that of those cases, only two to no more than 5% of all abortions in America are for those reasons? Only two to 5%. That means 95 to 98% of all abortions are strictly out of convenience. Because they're like, man, I don't have time for this. What's the saying on that lady? Ain't nobody got time for this. Because it messed my life up. It's ruining my career. It's messing everything up. 
Oh, my gosh. It was an accident. Let me tell you, there's no such thing as accidental babies. God is a giver of life. There's a lot of accidental parents. Like, orale, I'm, I'm going to be a dad. I, I never meant for that to happen. I'm going to be a mother. I wasn't expecting that. Sometimes even as a married couple, you have an unexpected pregnancy. And you go, man, what are we going to do? And some people think that abortion is the only solution, but there's not. So what are we to do? What are we to do? Well, let me tell you, we're to love life. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 11, it says, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to death. Save them as they stagger to their death. I mean, think about it. Look at the atrocities happening right now in Israel, and people are shocked, and they're, they're literally saying, I can't believe that they're killing innocent people like that. That's what we're doing all the time here in the United States. We're taking lives, innocent lives, and we really need to understand this. So I want to share with you out of Scripture why we, the Church of God, and why we, New Beginnings Church, believe in life over death, in pro-life instead of pro-choice. And the first reason is this. We are to love the conception of life. We love the conception of life. There's always a question, when does life begin? You realize that a heartbeat can be heard. If you've missed your period, you're like, oh, my gosh, I missed my period. I wonder, oh, I hope I'm not pregnant. By that time, you have a heartbeat. Just in those short, short weeks, in the book of Job, chapter 33, verse 4, it says, God has made me, for the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. God made me. He's the one that created me. He's the one that formed me. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. God again formed man. God again made man. God again breathed into us, and he brings forth life. And we have to understand that. Human life began when God shaped Adam, because the ground, he had created this beautiful garden with all these animals and fruit and vegetables and trees and life in it. And he goes, man, I'm going to make man. And he makes man. And he says, it's not good that he's alone. And he makes woman from man's side. And she's to walk by his side ever since. Not in front of, not behind, but at his side. And he said, it's not good that man be alone. And he made man in his image. And he brought life into existence. And he continues to do that to this day. And we have to understand that. We have to realize that. We have to realize that the heartbeat is heard at 18 days of pregnancy. And, and the brain waves are picked up 40 days into the conception. There's already brain waves. There's already a heartbeat. 
And man, it's, it's an exciting time. So we, as God's church, and we, because of Scripture, we love the conception of life. But not only do we love the conception of life, we love the sacredness of life. There's a sacredness of life. Life isn't just this blob, this, this tissue. It, it's, it's a life that possesses a, that possesses a spirit. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says right there, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. There's such argument to this day. Our country is being divided over this very issue. We're being divided over things that should actually be uniting us. And we believe in life and we, we love the sacredness of life. That it's a holy thing and, and, and we're made in his image. So we're not just made by mistake. God forms us and he, he's divine and, and he makes us into his image that we reflect the glory of God. And that's why in the Ten Commandments he says, thou shalt not kill. He, literally in the Hebrew that's saying thou shalt not murder you are not supposed to take an innocent life. This child had nothing to do with anything, except if you're not married, you're on your sinful act. You had premarital sex. And if you're married and it was unexpected, we'll help you to help you through that pregnancy and help you through to get through it and, and to make sure that baby's going to be cared for and you're going to be taken care of. But we have to understand the sacredness of that life. This is a life that God has created, God has ordained, God has blessed. And then we need to understand that we need to love the development of life. So we, we love life. We love the conception of life. We love the sacredness of life. But we love the development of life. I mean, think about it. When someone finds out they're pregnant, they still look all beautiful and they're walking around in their tight jeans and their pretty blouse, and they go, you're pregnant. They walk out like this. It's like, what happened? It's like, I feel pregnant now, you know? They stand in front of the mirror, and they poke their stomach out, and, and it's like their husband's going, babe, you're not showing yet. Yes, I am. I, I, I'm showing. It's like, well, you're showing off, but you're not showing. See, it's because you're so excited that life is in you. And then if they do the ultrasound, and man, they put that jelly on your belly, and they start rubbing that, man, dudes, if you've ever been there with your wife, come on, man, you know it's like, you're like, look at that, look at that, look at that. And then you're going, I don't know what I'm looking at, but look at that. And, and they'll tell you, okay, this, and you're going, is that it? No. Is that it? No. I'll never forget the first time <clears throat> with Ricky, our son, because they said my wife could never get pregnant, and then she's pregnant, and we're, like, so excited, and, and I'll never forget that we, we're seeing the ultrasound, and, and I go, look, Cindy, he's a little Mexican. <laughs> and the doctor goes, why are you saying that? It looked like a little bean, okay? I go, mira, he's a little beaner, orale. <laughs> now, I'm Chicano, I can say that. If you're not Chicano, don't say that. You might get beat up, okay? But, but, 
But literally, that's, I, I, that's exactly what I said, and the doctor just shook his head. And I go, that's my son. He goes, well, it's too early to tell. I go, that's my son. I prayed for a boy. I know God's going to give me a boy. And it was a boy, and he goes, man, how did you know? I go, man, I just prayed, 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 prayed. He goes, a lot of people have prayed, and they got it wrong. I go, not this dude. But see, it was because I was so excited. The development of, of life. Look, when you know someone's pregnant, what do you start doing? You start looking. You go, look. She's showing. She looked at her little belly. She looks so cute. I go, man, your wife's starting to show. Yeah, that's my baby in there. Man, they're, they're, you're proud of that. You're excited about the development of that child. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. God is saying, you don't even understand, Jeremiah. I chose you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. I'm the one that knew you at that moment. I saw life being formed. I knew you were going to be that man of God. Isaiah, the prophet, he told him this in chapter 49, verse 5. He says, and now the Lord speaks the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord, he's saying, yes, the Lord has honored me and my God has given me strength. He's going, man, I I developed, I, I grew. It was an exciting time. Look, I love this verse because I see pictures. When I read the Bible, I see pictures. That's just who I am. And my mom, she knitted and crocheted and did needlepoint and all that kind of stuff. She did two needle knitting and one needle knitting. And she was so good, she didn't even need a needle. No, okay, (laughs) that's not true. But, But she did. She used two needle, one needle, crochet, Needlepoint, all kinds of stuff she did. And I think of that all the time because she would just take yarn and then she'd buy the yarn and then they'd roll it in a ball and then they'd, she'd start it off. And, and, and I think about that because she would start with nothing and would create beautiful sweaters and shawls and lap blankets and pillows, I mean, uh, slippers and all kinds of stuff she made. And it says... In Psalm 139, starting at verse 13, it says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. He goes, Lord, you knit me together in my mother's womb. He goes, for you, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. He goes, you watched me as I was being formed in just a utter seclusion. And then he goes on to say, he goes, and I was woven together in the dark of the womb. And as he's saying this, he says, you saw me 
before I was born, every day of my life was recorded in your book. And every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You saw me before I was born. Thank you that you saw me. You formed me. You created me. You blessed me. God is so wonderfully good. He loves us and cares for us. He totally understands who we are. And when your wife, the mother of your baby, started growing, it freaks me out when people will just walk up to a pregnant lady and put their hand on her stomach. Dude, if you just walk up to any lady and put your hand on her stomach, she's going to slap you. The only reason they don't on the baby, they understand you're all you know, excited about the baby, but don't just walk up to a pregnant lady. I don't care if you know them. Ask for permission first. So I always go up there and they go, pray for me, Pastor. I go, may, may I put my hand? They go, of course. And they get my hand put on their stomach. And it's really exciting sometimes because sometimes the baby starts kicking. Pastor, the baby's kicking. It hadn't kicked all day. And then I put my hand there. I go, oh, is it kicking me because I'm a cowboy fan or what? Like, Get your hand off of me. You know, I don't know. But, but hear me. See, we love the development of life. We love to see that happen. And, and, and it's exciting. I forget one time we were in the backyard having a cookout with some friends of ours, and she was really, really pregnant. She was like probably in her eighth month or ninth month, and, and she had a glass of tea, and she, she set the glass of tea on her stomach, you know, and she's kind of holding it but barely, and I guess it got too cold for the baby, but the baby kicked, and the tea went boom and knocked it out of her hand, and I go, all right, Belinda, it got a little too cold for that baby, you know, but... All of us freaked out because you know what? We saw life, life right in front of us. Even though it was still in her womb, life. See, we also love the sovereignty of life. How sacred that is that it's not just about a woman's rights. You see, God has ordained this. God has created this. God has given this. It's not just about her. It's, it's God. And so God wants us to bless life. He wants us to bless life. So what steps can we take? What action steps can we take? I'm, I'm just going to give a few real quick. Look, you could volunteer your time and energy and financial resources to a pro-life organization. We're involved with Love Life. We're involved with uh, Right to Life Committee of New Mexico. And we're involved with CareNet. And those are amazing ministries here in our city that help people. You also can make your home available. Some of you have empty bedrooms. Say, I'll bring in this unwed mother and I'll help her. Some of you could like to write letters and you're good at it. You're good wordsmiths. So you can write a letter to governmental officials and leaders that need to start making some laws and changing some laws to protect life. You can start practicing in private what you say you believe in public. 
you say I'm a Christian and I want to live right, well, then don't have premarital sex. And if you say I'm a Christian, I want to live right, we don't have an affair. Because children come from those situations many times. And then they want to abort them. And they're taking innocent lives. Consider adopting a child. Consider adopting. And then as I always say, pray, 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 pray. Pray, 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 pray. Pray for the the mother-to-be, pray for the father-to-be, pray for the politicians, pray for physicians, pray for ministers and ministries, pray for the pro-life movement, pray for pastors and, 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 and just ministries. There's a ministry that we're partnering with, and that's Love Life. And the city director is from our congregation. Her name's Ethel Mahard. Would you guys welcome Ethel here? We're so excited to have you here, Ethel. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor and Church, for making room uh, for us as a, such a busy weekend. And congratulations to our new president from Mackey. We're so excited about this. What we're going to do is we're going to tell you about, about Love Thank Life, you. a ministry of what Love Life is. But before we do that, I'm going to show you a short video. of a, of a It's a testimony of this young girl named Alicia who was at the abortion clinic when uh, a counselor, she was encountered by a counselor. What she encountered was the love of God and the help of the church in this story. So I just want you to pay attention to this for the next few minutes. I didn't know who Christ was until almost three years ago. It was something that I believed in, but I didn't have a passion about being pro-life and standing for babies. Day and age that we're living in and all the turbulent times going on right now, uh, that wasn't a time to be a Christian that was sitting on the bench. I learned about Love Life in February, at the end of February. I started volunteering and going out there on the sidewalk. January 24th of 2021 is when we first started Love Life in here in Southern California. We went to our boot camp training in February. It was like, well, let's, <laughs> let's do it. So I walk up and there's nobody on the sidewalk. And I say, Lord, okay, there's only five more minutes left. And I ran over really quick, and this young, beautiful woman rolls down her window about this much. (laughs) And she said, yes. And I looked at her, and I smiled, and I said, I don't know what you are here for, but if you have missed your menstrual cycle, your baby has a heartbeat, ten fingers and ten toes, and I can show you what your baby looks like today. When I was young, I had an abortion. I was 21. I was pregnant the second time. I had a miscarriage, and I was devastated because I really wanted to keep the baby. And sitting there in the ultrasound with her, I told her she gave me a present that no money could ever compare. It was a blessing to see a baby on an ultrasound because I didn't get that on my first And I got to hear a heartbeat because I never found one with my second baby. It was a Thursday and I said, tomorrow is Good Friday. Would you like to go to church with me on Easter? And she said, yeah, that would be nice. We went to church. We sat together. And at the very end when Pastor Jack did the altar call, it was so beautiful. She got up. 
a woman I just met about a week in front of an abortion clinic is now choosing not only life for her baby, but eternity with the Lord. I found out that I was pregnant at three months. I already had in my head, like, I wanted someone to change my mind or give me some type of hope or something before I go in there. I was just, like, so excited. Like, I just wanted to tear up a little bit. I was just so happy to see a life moving in me. I just knew in my heart that I was keeping her. Because that day, like, I called everyone. I was like, I'm keeping my baby. I don't care what anyone thinks, I'm keeping her. <laughs> Receiving a, a text message that not only was a baby saved, but a, a mom is now a part of the family of God. I remember when Anna called and told me, and her, I think her exact words were, it was an amazing day of grace. We had a, a gender reveal party for her. We had a baby shower for her. The word got to me that she's being baptized by Pastor Jack, and, and she, wa she wants you to be there, to be a part. It's a, t a moment I'll never forget. As she came out of the water, just the laughter, and, and realized, thank you, Jesus. Were we just a part of like a miracle, a life being saved? And then more stories start happening and more women start getting saved. This happened last week and this happened yesterday. In Riverside in Corona. I pray to the God of heaven and earth, watch him work, and then we will see revival in our land. I pray that love life will spread faster than the wildfires we have here in California. And I want it to be a revival. God calls us to do things that we think are impossible because God wants to stretch you. He wanted to stretch me. You see God start to change your life, even if you're not looking for it. The Lord is moving her. He is using her. She's even actually gone out and is now counseling and trying to encourage other girls to keep their babies. I know God is moving in her life and he's not going to stop. Just looking at baby names, I see Namara and I'm like, oh, I never, that's a nice name. It also means grace of God. So I was just like, oh, she's my little grace of God. So that's why I chose her name. I don't want to just have these beautiful young women at these clinics choose life for their baby. I want to walk in life with them. And this is why Love Life has just changed me. But I know the Lord's hands is in it because he's changed my heart a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Amen. Love Life is the ministry. What we are is we are, uh, our mission is uniting and mobilizing the church to come around women and men during their time uh, of trial. And we are creating a culture of love and life that will result in the end to abortion and the orphan crisis. And so we are, we are wanting the church to become involved in this process. Uh, we always say that we are, motivated not by, we are motivated by the great commandment, and that is to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and then to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's a second. And that, is, um, and that is born and unborn. Our leaders always remind us that we cannot be motivated by the atrocity of abortion because then always we're just angry, okay, and that won't last long. We're motivated by the love of Jesus, and that is what motivates us, and the love of our neighbors. We are, graded by, we are motivated by the Great Commission, and that is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We are a gospel-centered pro-life ministry, 
And we don't want to just see babies saved, although that is wonderful. That's what we want. But we want to see families restored, mothers and fathers discipled in the local church. And we're collaborating with, like, Pastor Richard and so many other churches to go into these mission fields, and that's what we're inviting you today. We are in week 37 of a 40-week journey of hope. We're wanting you to come and pray and walk with us. Oftentimes, some people here of a pro-life ministry, they say, oh, well, that's not my passion. You know, I, I don't work at a pregnancy center or, or I, you know, just hold babies. Well, this is something that you could be part of. You could be a sidewalk advocate, a mentor in your church, or you can just participate. In fact, I believe each and every one of you can be part of this ministry, and you can get involved. And when you say it's not your passion, I want to give you an example. If you knew that the next school shooting was going to take place tomorrow, and you knew that babies were going to die, that children, little kids, would you say it's not my passion? Of course not. You would do everything possible to save those children. Well, I want to tell you that in our city, to the abortion clinic that we're inviting you to come and pray with us at, every single day, 20 to 25 children die. The equivalent to a small class. And we know that sometimes uh, it's become a, there's a political aspect of this. Well, it became political. It isn't political. Abortion life is not political. It is biblical. God says, thou shalt not kill. And we're not asking to change laws. We're asking for hearts to be changed. Then the legislators, then the politicians will write laws that will protect children and lives. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the tragic truth of abortion. And Pastor Richard has already touched on it some. And that is this. It is the leading cause of death in our nation. Bar none. Surpasses surpasses cancer, heart attacks, stroke, diabetes, even all the worlds, all the, all the wars that we have surpassed, even the Holocaust, every single thing. COVID that was just here. More babies have been lost. More lives have been lost to abortion than to anything else. And every single week, 17,000 babies die of abortion in our nation. But here in Albuquerque, here in our state, we, we have lost 11,000 already last year. But in our state, 422 babies die every single week. And at the abortion clinic that we're inviting you to, 20 to 25 die every single day. That's just one abortion clinic. There are five. One in four women now have had an abortion everywhere. It's in churches. It's in schools. It's in yeah, buildings. Everywhere. There are one in four men and women. And why do we include men? Because men are a big part of this solution. In fact, men, it is more of a man's issue than it is a woman's issue. Because if the men were living their lives righteously before God, we would not have abortion. Men, women go to men first. 84% of the women say that had, they, had the man stood with her, she would never have received that abortion. And then four out of five, four out of the ten women that have had an abortion, they were attending church the month that they had their abortion. Folks, we want to get that to zero out of ten. Amen? Amen. Because we want people, we want women and men to run to the church and not to the abortion clinics. We want you to know today, too, that if you have ever had an abortion, it is not the unpardonable sin. A sin it is, but it is not unpardonable. And God loves you. 
And he wants to restore you back to life. Like that gentleman that confessed this morning, yes, God loves you. He wants to restore you. And so please run to the church. Run and say, I just need restoration. God says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, when you're, a new, when you're in Christ, you're a new creation. And the old things have passed away. God will restore you. Matthew 16, 19, and this is where we come in. This is what we do. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done on earth. There is no abortion in heaven. There's only abortion here. We want God's kingdom to come here. This verse reminds me that when we pray, we are in partnership with God. So we're asking you to come and walk with us. Next Saturday, we're having a prayer walk. It is New Beginnings Prayer Walk. It's week 37, and we want for you to be there. We want to show you an example of what a prayer walk looks like and that you will be part of. It, and we want you to register on the QR code because it's going to give you instructions, and that is to pray and fast with us on Wednesdays and then walk with us on Saturday. We're going to show you a short video of what the walk will look like. tell you the end result of what has happened since since love life began is there have been over 5,000 babies have been saved from abortion yes let's give God a hand over 53 workers have given have come out of the abortion industry and gotten new jobs 
meaningful jobs they have left. We pray for them as we're on that sidewalk. And so, and then hundreds. This is something that really touched me. Hundreds of people are coming to Christ. They're coming to Christ because they see that all we're doing, we're, we're praying. We're praying, folks. God answers our prayers. You know, broken people are getting to the abortion clinics every single day, and people are scheduled to die. The least that we can do is go spend an hour and a half of our day next Saturday morning from 9 to 10.30. We're going to be meeting at Ernie Taylor Park, and we're asking you to, oh, there's a QR code behind me. If you will take your cameras out and put them up, and immediately you can sign up for this walk, and you can join us. Be part of something that is changing this, the culture of life. And I promise you, I've tried everything. I even tried to see about getting laws changed. It's going to be the church. The church is a sleeping giant that is going to get this done. So join us. And Pastor, if you can... Now you understand now you understand why we're pro life and what we're gonna do about it. Sorry, my mic wasn't on. But uh now you know why we're pro life. Because the word says to. But you know what? I was on a march earlier this year. It was probably fifty or sixty of us. We were standing outside this abortion clinic and we didn't have a microphone or anything. And they just said, Pastor, you have a loud voice. <laughs> they were saying, you're a loud mouth. <laughs> but uh, I started praying and just ministering. I said, if you're in there, I want you to know how much we love you. We're not here to condemn you. We're not here to put you down. But we really believe that you need to fight for your life and the life of your child. And all of a sudden, there's an attorney that's a pro-life attorney. And... He helps people with adopting some of these babies, and it's really amazing. Mike Siebels has even helped some in our congregation. And Mike came and told us, man, there was a couple in there. There were 20 women in there. And when the abortionist, the doctor pulled up, he had a really fancy Porsche. And just to taunt us, he goes, that's right. Those girls are paying the payment on my sports car. And I was like, wow, Lord, forgive him for he not know what he does. And we started praying and I started ministering and Mike Siebels came and he goes, a couple just left the clinic. And they said, and the man is the one that said it. He said, you guys just saved a baby's life. We are choosing to keep our baby. And we were like, hallelujah. We're going to be marching that day. We're going to be meeting at 9 o'clock in the morning at Ernie Taylor Park. So if you sign up, if you got the QR code, sign up and make sure you let us know you're going to be there so we know how to prepare. But Ernie Taylor Park is in the Northeast Heights. If you know where Eubank and Montgomery are, there's a Staples store right there. Just on the north side of Staples, there's a road, and you turn down there, and then you just follow around, and it takes you right to the park. We meet there. We start with some worship. We pray, and then we march over to the abortion clinic. 
It's a silent march. We're not, we're not protesting or just shouting. We go quietly in prayer. And then when we get there, we just pray. And I'll be ministering and we'll be speaking life. I really hope you're going to join me. I hope you're, it's this coming Saturday. And it's going to be at 9 o'clock in the morning till 1030. Bring your children, bring your family. It's an amazing time gathering together. So God, thank you for Ethel and to Love Life Ministry that we could partner together. I pray continued blessing. I pray for great success. I pray this Wednesday, we as a church are going to be fasting and praying for a great move on Saturday. And I pray blessing in Christ's name. Amen. Ethel, thank you for joining thank us today. We love you. Ethel's got a table out there. You guys are more welcome to go by, ask her all kinds of questions. She'll give you all the information she possibly can. Today's Communion Sunday, and I save communion to the end to celebrate life. Jesus, right before he went to the cross, was meeting with the disciples. And he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. And he said, this is my body which is given for you. Whatever sin you might have committed, perhaps you had an abortion or you financed an abortion. God loves you and he forgives you. And we want to help you through the trauma that sometimes that leaves. But Father, as we hold this bread, we thank you so much, Lord. We do this communion with thanksgiving of what you did for us that you have forgiven us of our sin, but you just didn't conquer death, Lord. You conquered and had great victory. We celebrate you, and we celebrate life. In the name of Jesus, this is the body of Christ. You may eat the bread. He likewise took the cup. And he gave thanks and he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my blood, the blood of the everlasting covenant, a new covenant I'm making with you. And I won't drink of this cup again until I come back. What a great promise that he gave us and he sealed with his blood that he's coming back for us. And I'm telling you with the way the world is right now, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is coming back. We better be ready. Because ready or not, here he comes. So Lord, we are ready. And might you find us ready. And we seal that promise that we are committed to you with the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and pray in Christ's name, you may drink of the cup. Would you stand with us? Lord, we thank you for all that you've done in our life. We thank you for all that you're doing. And we pray, Father God, for a major move of your Holy Spirit among us. We thank you for what you've done. Father, we pray renewal in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Greenwald, make your way out to the lobby so people could meet with you. If you have questions about the university, please ask Phil. I want to let you know that we're going to have a meet the pastor. If I've never had a chance to meet you face to face, or you've never had a chance to meet me face to face, I want to invite you to follow me out that door right there. 
I'm going there now. I hope you'll join me. And I want to thank you for being here. We love you, church. God bless you. You're dismissed. We'll see you Wednesday. Meet the pastor right over here. <laughs>